city to city, state to state, worldwide. You are listening to the In The Zone Network. Impressive. Every word in that sentence was wrong. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. This guy here is dead. Cross him off then. You're listening to In the Cards, a brand new show all about our St. Louis Cardinals. The latest news, rumors, and views, all right here on In the Zone Network. Post-game show is brought to you by... Christ, I can't find it. The hell with it. Boys, we entered into this dreary, dreadful 2020 offseason. Been a while since I've been on here, but here to talk a little baseball nonetheless, kind of wrapping up our year here. As a St. Louis Cardinals fan, looking around baseball, and um, you know, it's it's been a tough year for gosh, everybody, and and it just gets news just gets worse, right? Uh, we lose uh, two great uh former Cardinal Hall of Famers this year. And, um, you know, we just exited the playoffs. The year wasn't that great. Uh, we're here to talk about it today. And with me is a, a friend of mine uh, going all the way back to the Cards on Deck days, him and uh, him and Mr. Rivera uh, doing uh, Turn and Two. He's been on here before, but he's going to join me today. And you guys know him as, hell, I don't know what his handle is now. Uh, he changes it like all the time. I think it's at Dylan Dinger. Uh, mm-hmm. Formerly known as STL Matinals, Stanley Cup Championals, and White Clonals, and all that stuff. So you know him, you love him. At least uh, a few of the followers out there do. How you doing, man? Is everything okay? Yeah, we're we're staying alive. Yeah, staying alive. Uh, getting ready to watch some postseason baseball without all the uh, additional stress of uh, the Cardinals being in there. Uh, yeah, I hear you. And, and so I think action starts today. I think uh, Oakland and Houston, uh, well, the American League begins today, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Uh, who are you rooting for in that uh, A's and Astros series? Oh, the A's. You know, they're <laughs> one of those clubs. They're kind of like the, the Cardinals of the West Coast. You know, not a lot of money, um, but they're, they're always exciting. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm always pulling for the A's and, I you know, I'm tired of seeing the Astros. So, that's who I'm pulling for in that series, definitely. Yeah, I was just trying to pull up the schedule just to kind of see what time those games are today. I guess so. Here, in just a couple hours, it looks like they'll be underway um, out in Oakland, and I imagine that about 95% of America if, of of America's baseball fans are probably. If you're not from Houston, you're probably rooting against them uh, just because of everything that has happened over this last year. Um, you know what? They're going to have to go through this all over again once fans are back in the stadium. Uh, so they kind of, uh, I think they got off a little light this year and, um, I don't think anybody's going to forget come oh, March, no. April of next year. So that'll be fun to watch. Absolutely. All right. So, um, so our, our year is essentially over the national league central's year is essentially yeah. over all within a couple of days of each other. And one thing that, um, 
a friend of mine on the Cubs Cards cast. Many have pointed this out, but he happened to be the first person that I, that I saw this in writing. And uh, out of all four National League Central teams on an elimination game, managed to put up zero runs, right? Is wow. that is that... Is that not just a perfect? Uh, if, if you could illustrate the National League Central right now, is not not the perfect way to do it? Yeah, that's impressive, almost. Right? Yeah, it's uh, that's that's highly unlikely for that to ever happen again. But uh, never, nevertheless, it's it is a matter of fact now. So, um, the National League Central certainly got a lot of criticism throughout the year for being one of the weaker divisions in baseball. Yet somehow, some way. Um, Half of the playoff teams in the National League came from the Central. Uh, we, we sent four, uh, with the exception of the lowly uh, Pittsburgh Pirates. And I can't even imagine to be um, looking at the world through a, a Pirates fan lens uh, what that would be like. But it's got to be pretty awful. Uh, probably say the same thing about the Baltimore Orioles, but I think they're a little bit more faithful to their team, a little bit more forgiving. Um, and, and, and Pittsburgh, boy, let's not, let's not go down that, that train wreck of a path here. So... <laughs> We have the Yankees and Rays. You know what? This American, these American League uh, series, actually, I'm, I'm excited to see. I'm excited to really excited to see three of the four of these. I, I think the the Oakland uh, against the Astros. I think that's going to be an interesting one to watch. Definitely, the Yankees and Rays are going to be a good series. And I tell you, you know what? The San Diego team. We didn't get to see much of them. You know, we only, we only saw them for three games this year because we didn't play them. I didn't see much of Tatis Jr. last year. You just heard of him. You saw a highlight or two. And yep. I, I, that's going to be a fun series to watch, man. That is not, you know, depending on the, the, I guess, the health of their top two hurlers that were out during the wild card series. Um, this could be an interesting one. Yeah, I mean, I hope so. I mean, I'm, I'm expecting at least four games, if not five. Um, but if they don't, if they don't get, if they don't get Lamette and Clevenger healthy, I think that one will be over fairly quick i mean truly the cardinals should have taken him in two games i mean the the Mm -hmm. second game was in hand and um you know they just they just fell apart in in true cardinal 2020 fashion and um but i I, i've got a lot of praise for that team and they've you know they're very impressive and obviously they can turn a game around really quick so hopefully later today or tomorrow we'll find out about uh, Clevenger and Lamette and see how that series pans out. Yeah, I guess just just the description of uh, Clevenger's condition. I'm not even sure what the actual injury might be, but I, I wouldn't be very hopeful that you're going to get him back. I don't know know much uh, more about uh, Lamette, but um, uh, Clevenger doesn't. That one just reads to me like he's probably not going to make it back, and if he does, it's not going to be in the capacity everybody wants him in. So. Uh, well, since you went right there to the playoffs, let's just go ahead and talk about what happened. Um, I don't know what your expectations were going into the series. You knew San Diego was going to be a really, really tough uh, opponent. They had the second best record in the National League for a reason. And we saw why. Um, I don't know. What did you think? Just uh, leading up to the series, I mean, kind of knew where this was going to shape. I think for about a, a better part of a week or two weeks, we thought that, you know, the way the standings were lining up that we were going to be facing San Diego. So what were your expectations going into the uh, series? I mean, probably like everybody else, you know, we didn't anticipate much, you know, we, we snuck in again and uh, I anticipated it was going to be a two, two and done type of thing. We would have been out, but we jumped on them early in game one. And um, you know, the, the bullpen was showing, um, was putting a lot of fear into me late in game one. And then game two, you know, we had a comfortable, I believe, a four-run lead at one point in time, and they put up seven on us. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I mean that that game. I mean, we should have been done with them in game two. I mean, but I, I wasn't anticipating us winning by any chance. I mean, our pitching versus you know the the bats of uh, San Diego. But in turn, you know, for the first uh, we'll say sixteen innings of the series, it was very much the Cardinals bats versus the the pitching of San Diego. And yeah. um, you know, game three, it just. The, the the issue with game three was not necessarily the Cardinals bats, but I believe it was more so of them changing pitching so frequently, you know, with a standard starting pitcher, you can see a guy once, twice, maybe three times through and mixing it up so frequently, it was just damaging to, to the guys that, that couldn't get it going off of it or adjust quickly enough. And, um, I mean, it, it did us in in the end for sure. Yeah, you know, going into the series, I, I actually liked the way um, Schilt had had situated his starting pitchers. I thought it was a really sm- good idea to start um, KK in game one because they haven't seen him, right? Mm-hmm. You know, he's, the, the Padres have not seen this hurler yet, and sometimes you can – well, we all, know, we all know what it's like generally around the league – if a uh, team's seeing an arm for the first time, usually the pitcher has the advantage, right? And then over time, you, they get used to the look, you know, they, they scout him a little bit more. And, and, and so more exposure, you know, lessens the, that advantage. Um, but with them not seeing him, I thought it was a really good one, you know, and I thought they had a real chance to go in there and steal game one. And, and they did, you know, he didn't have a great um, start. It wasn't like a fantastic outing for him, but it was effective enough and he kept him in the game. Uh, I'm really surprised at the offense's production in game one. I, you know, you know, when we thought going in, that's, that's going to be it, you know, cause we thought we had the pitching and the run prevention, you know, we, we've got that part down. And I'm, again, I'm talking about going into the series, not, not necessarily mm-hmm. what happened, but you know, the run prevention was always their strength and it was going to have to be. The question was, would they be able to put uh, runs up on the board or not? That's, that's been the fear with this team all year long. And lo and behold, you know, they put, they put seven up on him and uh, end up taking game one. And, you know, with, with the way the, the pitching kind of lined up after that, I kind of, you know, geez, I, I really liked their chances. I, I think it was great uh, starting uh, Adam Wainwright in that second game. You figure, um, you know, we're already up one on him. Worst, worst case scenario, we have to play again tomorrow. Um, but Adam's been an effective pitcher. I'm not taking anything away from him. But I thought that was, a, you know, having the veteran in there was a good idea. And then if you had to push it to game three, then you've got, you know, what going into the year was probably your ace. And we know he didn't have the year we, we expected him to not quite. Um, but you know, you have your, you have your, your main guy there set for the decisive game. So I really like the way he had the starting pitching lined up. Definitely. And I think, uh, I think Jack gave us, you know, I mean, outside of the high pitch count, um, I think Jack gave us a really good game to compete for mm-hmm. winning that game three, the bats just couldn't get going um in the moment and i mean i i didn't get to catch much of game two but you know maybe you can look at wainwright not going a little bit longer um but i mean they they, he he did the right move by um piggybacking gomber against wainwright but you know or he did go in game two correct gomber did he did he came in right after yeah he came in after yeah. And um I mean that's the absolute right right move to do there because Gomber's been lights out too. But I don't think, you know, giving those guys a couple more extra innings to push it out, 
you know, pushed us into game two where you start scrambling and it just essentially fell apart on them. Yeah. Well, here's what I saw really. So the, the inning in question, I think, I believe, yeah, it was the sixth inning when the wheels kind of came off the Cardinals at that point. Look, I, I know it's the Padres, right? And they could be, they can be explosive on offense. So I was, I probably had, a, I was probably about two thirds of the way there thinking, okay, the Cardinals probably have this because now mm-hmm. we're into, and, and, and I understand, you know, the, the bullpen had its, had a few outings over that last week that weren't, weren't fantastic, but for the most part last year and, and this shortened year, it has been an area where we've, we've been less concerned as fans because they've, they've taken care of business. So, um, that sixth inning happened though. Um, and, and that one to me, well, let me, I, I jumped too far ahead. I, I think it probably um, pulled Wainwright a batter too early. I probably leave him in there uh, in the fourth inning. Uh, I probably leave him in there for one more batter. He's a veteran. He he can, you know, he's he's worked his way out of jams like that before while, while minimizing the damage. Um, and ultimately that, that inning could have been way worse. Uh, the Padres only put two up on him in that fourth and it could, it could have been worse, right? So, Anytime you you have to go to the bullpen that early, you're gonna inevitably expose more guys to the game, right? Well, and, and at the end of the day, Wainwright's your guy. I mean, the potential mm-hmm. for that being his last start in a Cardinals uniform, you got to let him go. I think his and, pitch count was um, only in the 70s too, so I'm I'm, I'm a little surprised. He, I I leave him in for one more batter, and if he walks another guy, then obviously I take. Oh, him. absolutely. I mean, he's been your guy all year. I mean, yes, Wainwright has had those tough innings where he's, you know, he, he loads the bases, allows a run, but mm-hmm. I mean, you're handed off to a bullpen that, you know, has had a little bit of question throughout the year. And it just, it just, like you said, the wheels fell off and you could almost see it. I, Cause I was listening to the game on the radio and you could almost just see it happening. And um, it just didn't, it didn't feel good. And that last game, you know, I felt I, I felt good about it. You know, with Jack going and Jack gets hyped in those situations, and I thought to myself, "Man, they don't really have a starter going." But at the end of the day, you look at it and and switching the pitchers so frequently, nobody could ever nobody could ever adjust to it. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, at the end of the day, it was the uh, the end of the season for St. Louis. Um, yeah, and it, you know it's. Look, I, I get it, and, and then that strategy, whether it be a strategy or was out of necessity, it worked for the Padres in game three for sure, right? Um, the night before, it didn't. Uh, if you look at the up and down the box score, they had one, two, three, four, six, seven, eight, nine. They had 10 pitchers, right, pitching this game. Cardinals still put up nine innings. And I'll say that one more thing about game two, I'll say, and that is I they, they lost it. They lost it really in that sixth inning. And when you, you bring – young pitchers into uh, situations like this with bases loaded, you know, you're, you're asking for trouble. Really what, if you could uh, sum it up, it was the, it was the late game walks that really killed them. You know, that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's where they got hurt. And so, um, yeah. you know, I think, I don't know how many of those guys didn't score. It felt like everyone they walked ended up crossing the plate. So um, I, I was still impressed that the offense put runs up after that. They, they put three more on them after that and and you know how many times have we seen it where when they're down it's just like quick innings after that well and not only that but i, I actually did watch that ninth inning and to me after goldschmidt homer hit a homer 
I was like, holy cow, they're going to come back and at least tie this thing up. Like yeah. you, you have that feeling when something big is going to happen and, you know, it just never came. And, you know, the thought of, well, we still got tomorrow. We got Flaherty going. The mm-hmm. pitching setup was perfect. You know, you have your, your guy they've never seen to your, your worker, your workhorse for the year. That's, you know, pitching pretty damn good. And then you go to your young gun, who is a top 10 pitcher in the, in the big leagues and you set yourself up for it. But at the end of the day, the bats put up X amount of runs in two games and they just, they fell flat. And I mean, you're right though. I was surprised as well for how many runs they did put up. And I don't know if they adjusted from something for the first two games. Cause I mean, they put up two in the second and in game two and what was it? four in the first or second of game one like they just jumped all over more early mm-hmm. and um i just don't i i don't know but well see it, it, that last thing you're talking about and what's this amazing this game was like what four hours 15 minutes or four and a half oh, hours long it was, it was just long. a freaking marathon and i actually did a podcast right in the middle of it we started uh a team arrival show on thursday night at nine central time ended it shortly after uh after 10 central i think about 10 15 ran over a little bit and that game wasn't even in the ninth inning yet, right? I think it was the eighth inning, and it was just <laughs> it just took forever. The pitching changes played a part of that, um, but yeah, th- that those games are too long. And I will say this: I, I think in that ninth inning, I felt like yeah, Rosenthal is just trying to give him this game, and that swing that whatever the hell Matt Carpenter swung at that bounced about three feet in front of the plate, that ball in the dirt. Jesus, yep. I mean, that's ball four well, right had, there. Pushes another one home, and then they had. First and second, either no or one out, and I was like, "Man, this is just this is coming. We mm-hmm. we're gonna we're getting somewhere with this," and it just collapsed yep. right in front of my face. Yep, yeah, that was the gut punch right there, that at bat, and then uh, you know it was pretty much over. The, the, the you know the the scoring runs, doing anything at that point was it was it was done. So we know what happened on Friday. We don't have to belabor that, but um, you know, in a short game a short series like these, I'm surprised we didn't see a few more upsets, to be honest with you. Uh, Cause you know that, you know, Jim and I talk about it all the time. Uh, usually a seven game series sorts out for the most part that the better team usually, usually handles those, right? Uh, okay. You get into the five game and then especially the first time we're ever seeing it, a three game. Geez. I mean, anything can happen. And those, you know, we look, we've lost a series to the pirates of this year. A few other teams have too. And so in a short series like this, just anything like that can happen. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know. I'm not a hundred percent sure if I like that format. Not for every team, mm-hmm. but I don't necessarily like it. And this is this is tough for me to say because I don't like them. But it's for a number one overall team to play the under 500 Brewers and potentially lose in three games. <laughs> it's kind of brutal to swallow it if is. it was to happen. It is, and then and you know if the if something would have happened and the Brewers happen to do that, then they enjoy the spoils of a number one seed for the well, remainder, and then right? It, I mean, I really, I, I really think they should have reseeded after the first round. You know, I, I didn't give it much thought before the playoffs started, but I'm like, if you get a situation like that, where say the Brewers, you know, just, they showed up and they, and they took the series out from under the Dodgers and everybody's disoriented and everybody's dizzy and what the hell just happened? You look up, and the Brewers are the home team for the remainder. I, I really think that you know, probably a reseeding after that first round uh, 
would have been a better way to go. I, hopefully, man, that we're never talking about a, a wild card series ever again. That we're back yeah, to. I mean, one game for the two lowest on the totem pole. Go at it. Have fun. But I don't like the eight under five hundred playing the the um, the team that wins forty games. You know, obviously it would be higher win count, but the the top team in the National League could have potentially lose in a sprint of mm-hmm. two games. And um, I don't know. I didn't care for it. I mean, obviously I probably would have laughed if it if it did happen, but it it kind of it kind of ruins it. And yeah. I mean, luckily it didn't happen, but I didn't really like that format. And so. Oh, well. well, hopefully we never have to see it again. And yeah, uh, exactly. we're back to normal next year. So, you know, I, I, I guess at this point, um, the playoffs are over. So let's, let's just talk a bit about, about this team, right? So this is where we kind of, uh, everything stops for us. And we, we look up and down this roster, um, you know, without, without getting it in and, and, and critiquing everybody to, you know, we're blue in the face. There are obviously areas of this roster that, that need to be looked at in a, in a bad way. Right. So just, I don't know. I don't want to play armchair GM here, but what is it that you had to, if you had to go in there and fix it right now, what are you going to fix? Like, what are you looking at first? What's the priority? So I mean, well, okay. This is, this is a caveat to it. Are we, is DH staying or no? Uh, you're my pin. My, my, okay. So my guess is, is that, it is going to be around for 21. Now, do I like that or not? That's a different story. But my oh, guess I, is, I, I, I think, I think it's here to stay. I like it. I, I do like it. Um, mm-hmm. If we had somebody else, I, I love it. Um, my first, I've been saying this a lot the past week or so, and I don't know if it's a, it's just all coming out now that I'm looking at it. Um, now, granted, we've had our injuries with pitching, but mm-hmm. I am getting s- kind of tired of the homegrown talent aspect of things. And um, it's not that that everything that's come up has been bad necessarily, but, you know, St. Louis loves pulling guys from the minor leagues to come up and throw or play. And I feel like we're getting to a point where, it's being exploited. And I say Mm -hmm. that not necessarily homegrown wise, but these guys, they trade for minor leaguers. They come up, um, you know, we're looking at, we're looking at guys like Tyler O'Neill, um, some of the the pitching prospects. Um, And I think it's just being exploited bad now that it's almost like bragging rights that, Oh, look at all these guys that we've called up and they're doing good. But on the, grand scale of everything like are they really doing that good um you know you you have hit or miss pitching um you know your outfield is very questionable um i mean i guess the first thing i'm doing is i'm probably going to focus on the bullpen um with that being a 1A, but a 1B, assessing your outfield and DH position. Um, I think what I'm doing is I am signing and or trading for 
a middle infielder and mm-hmm. moving DeYoung to third base, his natural position. I mean, if you have to have it, then you have to upgrade somewhere. And I think, you know, I was starting to think about it, especially after game three of a lineup of like, you have like Carlson or Carlson and, or somebody like Lindor second and then Goldschmidt and then Carlson fourth. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know I'm a homer when it comes to Carlson, but I mean, the kid stretches out bats, you know, and he's getting, he's getting base hits in the playoffs in his first game. Um, And the power and everything's going to come with time. I mean, but I just think there's so much with the team that needs to be addressed that it's hard to just pinpoint one position that needs to be fixed. But whenever you have that fifth hole and it's just, yeah, you might get into something sooner or later with the DH, but there's so many, sorry, there's not so many. It's just an off chance that something is going to come to fruition there. And I mean, you're. I don't expect anything to ever come of something like the 2004 Cardinals where it's murder's row. Um, <laughs> but you have to make things happen yep. so the team can, can, can gel because one of the biggest things that I saw, especially in this three game wild card set with San Diego is you're nine and one whenever you went from Bader to Wong and um, there's nobody on in front of Wong to do anything. And there's questionable things that happened in game one or two that I saw with Bader batting and nobody on. And he struck out five times or whatever to where, you know, I know people hate the bunt, but I mean, you're you're just scrambling to get a run because you need that insurance. And um, I mean, I would look at pitching slash the outfield. They're one A one B, honestly, because next year you should have Michaelis coming back, Brebia and Hicks in the bullpen. I mean, less question marks, I would say. Well, now you have you have Hudson though. That's out all next year. Correct. Correct. Uh, yeah. I mean, I would, I would, I, they're probably going to use an excuse not to spend any money, but I'm looking for your pitching and you're going to have to make a, a very large decision on what to do with Carlos Martinez, too. So, yeah, well, there's, so there's, there, yeah, there's some big things. You're, you're, you're absolutely right. I agree with you 100%. It isn't just one thing they can do that's going to make a significant impact. I mean, I, I, honestly, as far as position players, if I look up and down the list of who's available via free agency, there's a few names on there that would be interesting. I don't think they're going to be in on them. Um, you know, I, I don't, they're not going to be in on uh, Francisco Lindor, right? I mean, well, they, you know what, they might check in on that, but that's not a very Cardinals thing to do. Right. Um, I, I, so I don't, I'm not going to fool myself here. Now, you know, you mentioned. Let's just start with the, with the starting pitching, right? You mentioned that that being a strength. Now you've got tons of question marks in your rotation next year. Is Wainwright coming back? Question one. Mm-hmm. You're right. Is Carlos Martinez? Did he did he throw his last pitch in a Cardinals uniform? I kind of think he did. Oh, um, I agree. You know, uh, Dakota Hudson is he's essentially he. You've lost him for 21. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see you in spring training at 22. Uh, he's it's going to take him a year to recover, and he might not be 100 percent by the time you know, this time rolls around next year. It's the season's already done. So you've lost him. Um, Miles Michaelis didn't pitch all year. So, you know, what, what version of him are you going to get back? So there are, 
you could argue there are three positions that are that are just up in the air next year. It, really, the only thing you have, uh, you have Kim and you have Flaherty. You know, is Oviedo, does he get a shot at it next year? I don't know what to think of Daniel Ponce de Leon. Sometimes I see him and I think he's he's fantastic. And other times I'm 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 afraid of of the call to the bullpen to bring him in. Uh, you know, he's he's gotten a spot start or two every now and then. Sometimes he's looked really good, and then sometimes he you look up and it's the second inning and he's got 45 pitches. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think the rotation and, and that's what sucks about the timing of all this, man, is because if this if this rotation held. You didn't have so many question marks in it. Obviously, everybody's going to look at this and go, this offense has been dreadful for three years, mm-hmm. right? And it's been on the decline since 2015. You could argue before that. And I don't know, there's a lot of things you brought up about just internal evaluation, um, development of position players and hitters. You know, all of that's got to be in question because, you know, well, I don't know how, how many I of think- these guys we heard, you know, and – you know, it's it's not just our own fan base, man. You hear, you know, if you if you follow anybody else's fan base, everybody's excited about the next possibility coming up through the minor leagues. Absolutely. You know, everybody thinks, oh, can't wait till so and so gets up here. But um, I, I want to go on my Molina Kis- Kins- Kisner thing here soon. I don't want to get to that yet. But just to kind of look at this, and you go, boy, I think the pitching staff at this point has to be the priority. That's what you've got to be focused on and look at because. You got so many damn question marks, and look what happens, man. Look what I mean. Look what could have potentially happened to San Diego. You lose your top couple of arms. How far are you going to get in the playoffs? We're about to find out. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's the, what's a the cliche, right? What, what what gets you late? What what gets you deep into the postseason? And that's pitching. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm looking at that first because now I'm nervous. Now, are they going to uh, take a serious look at somebody like Trevor Bauer? I don't think so. I think the narrative. This is my guess. I don't know one th- one way or the other. I think the narrative going into this offseason, man, is going to be a lot like the way the Cardinals looked at one to look at the outfield last offseason, where to find out what they have, right? Don't go out and get anything else. Mm-hmm. Let Mar- let Marcelo Zuna walk. We're going to find out what we've got in all these young guys. We've cleared some of them out. Now we've got like four or five guys vying for starting positions. Let's, let's let them go to battle. I have a feeling we're going to hear the same thing about the rotation going into next year. I don't think they're going to well, go outside. I think one of the the big things they need to do with the rotation coming out of spring is absolutely give Austin Gomber a starting rotation spot until he can't do it. Like he 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 really impressed me this year going from spring training into the little bit of a season we had. I really liked what he had. Um I don't think he's one of those guys that needs to come out of the pen. Um you know, I think he needs a he he needs to be in the rotation, and they've got a lot of guys like that. Mm-hmm. But I I like that aspect of things with him being in the possibility of being in the rotation next year. Yeah, there's a couple guys that probably had looks this year that they normally wouldn't have gotten had it not been for all the injuries. You know, Oviedo is one that comes to mind. We saw him. I mean, I'm not saying he wouldn't have made his debut this year under normal circumstances, but you know, we saw a lot more of him because of injury. And yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just wondering uh, a couple guys like that, if they're going to get extended looks um, to crack the rotation next year. I think there are a lot of options for them, but I don't know if they have a, a major league ready one through five sitting there right now. Oh, no, not looking at it. I mean, it's a, it's a crapshoot, especially with Wainwright being a question mark. Um, I think at this point you just bring him back. And, and, and honestly, I'll just cut to the chase on those two. I think they're both back next year. 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, know. I think you have one. You have to have Wayne right now. You, you do. And so he, he's he's for sure. Uh, Molina, I'm a little less sure on, but I just can't imagine them letting him play anywhere else. No, but I mean, you have to come to a time where you say, you know, we got to start giving some guys some looks, you know, yep. and I, I agree. I, uh, his bat was there. I mean, hitting wise, you know, he hasn't, he hasn't done anything less, but you know, age is a number. We do age. We do get a little bit slower. Um, but I mean, he, he, he still looks decent behind the plate. And I think as Cardinal fans, you know, we do get upset when somebody does something wrong and, and, and not looking at the, the big picture of things. Yeah. Well, you know, right now I don't, I don't know how much of an upgrade offensively Kisner is. I don't know how much of an op- upgrade potentially he is on the defensive side right now. I, I don't know, and but there are plenty out there on social media that are planting their flag in that hill, you know, saying it's it's absolutely time. And and there's one that's especially irritating, and that's uh, you know, declaring he's already their best catching option. Um, bullshit. He's you know what what's uh, Kisner have like sixty some in total. Major yeah. League at bats, we don't know that. Yeah. We, we don't know that he performs any better than Yachty did this year. We, nobody knows that, so I'm not going to sit here and declare it. I hope Kisner has a great career. Yeah, I Is think next year the time though. I think he. I think if he got a lot of reps, especially at the plate, I think you would be impressed with his numbers. Um, I mean, obviously, like you said, we don't know, but I feel like he's got a great approach at the plate. Um, but it's the catching position is a one man position, you know. It's not like outfield where you can, you know, put him in for somebody else and and rotate them out. So it, it's very difficult to do. But the Cardinals are going to have to make a decision on that sooner or later. Yeah, I agree. Sorry, I'm just reading something from Twitter here. Um, I found something. I tell you what, man. Sometimes uh, fans never disappoint. This, this is reg- <laughs> this is a quote. And I saw it on on one of the uh, one of the Facebook groups earlier. I'm not going to mention which one, but sometimes sometimes we just talk, and sometimes we shouldn't. This is regarding Fernando Tatis Jr. Great player, absolutely, but doesn't have the right personality. Too arrogant to don the red and white. Like, get the hell out of here, please. Well, see, the thing is, is like <laughs> we. I think if he was in a Cardinals uniform, it'd be a totally different story. I I don't like the. I don't like, I don't know how to word it without sounding wrong, mm-hmm. but like, um, I mean, he didn't, he didn't do anything. I mean, what are they going to talk about his bat flip? I mean, I don't see anything wrong with it necessarily. Um, and I think a lot of flash brings, brings that spark to the game, but you know, yes, he has his bat, but I noticed, especially in that three game series that, you know, his defense still lacks a little bit. You know, he made a, a throwing area in game one and, and pulled um, pulled Hosmer off the bag in game three or two, I believe. Yeah. Well, so he's, he's still got a little bit to fix, but I, I'd absolutely have him on the team in a heartbeat. I would too. And, and another name that so this is what – no, listen, man, I, I'm not perfect. There was a time in my life I didn't like that shit either, but – as, as, as I've gotten a bit older and, and you see that teams that are, quite frankly, sometimes they're just more fun to watch than my own team. And, oh, yeah. 
Um, look, that's why I loved having Jose Martinez somewhere around the team, uh, yeah. whether it was on the bench or not, because you look and you, okay, at least one guy is smiling. One guy is enjoying being out onto a baseball field. And this team is, I, I'm going to say it, and, and some are going to hate it. Look, when my 15-year-old turns to me and says, Dad, I can't get through a Cardinal game this year. You know? I mean, I see it. They, I they're boring, man. They're, 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 they're a boring team. I do. I see it. I mean, there's, you know, there's not much. And, and it may have been, it, it may have been the, the lack of being able to essentially have fun in 2020. Mm-hmm. And it may just be that they're boring. They don't have that player to, to boost everybody up and, and have fun. Yeah. Um, well, it's something, I mean, it, it, there's, there is something to be said for having, some guys out there look like they're just genuinely enjoying it. And and look, I appreciate a guy like Paul Goldschmidt who who, you know, he plays his own game. He he's he'll put his head down and run the bases when he hits a home run. You're not gonna see that guy flip a bat. And I appreciate that approach, just like you know, Scott Rowland was a master of that, right? he he would uh, crack one off the best pitcher in baseball opposite field and he he'd be uh in sprint speed around the bases, you know, not a lot of uh flair. Um, and I, I appreciate that, that some guys just play that way. That's that's their game. Um I have nothing wrong with some of the antics and the uh, mannerisms of somebody like a Yasiel Puig. And, and tell me, I'll tell you this right now. Like, look at our outfield performance. We were number 25. If you look at weighted runs created plus, go out there on fan graphs and look at it outfields. Cardinals were 25th. So you tell me, when that guy was a free agent, you, you, would, you, would you have been upset if the Cardinals would have signed him? Not, not, not in this year. Not with the DH and everything going on. I would have absolutely got him, you know? Yeah, and, and so, but there, trust me, man, there's probably about 50% of, of us Cardinals fans out there that said, nope, nope, don't want his baggage, nope, wrong personality, don't bring him in here. And uh, we'll tolerate a little bit more when they're performing. As soon as they don't perform, uh, look at look in the case of Carlos Martinez. Was anybody making comments about his hair color or anything when he was, uh, when he was a, a top five pitcher in the National League? Yeah, nobody said a damn thing about that. But the minute they're not performing... You know, any of that flair or Ozuna's sleeve, you know, you don't hear people bitching about it when they're putting the numbers up. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. Fa- uh, uh, Facebook sometimes never disappoints. And if I if I need a good laugh, I know where to go. Um, all right. So a, a few more things on this team, though. So we've already kind of beat up the pitching here. The outfield. Look, uh, let's just go to this part of it because we're, we're coming up on an hour here. Look, who, who are you done seeing? in a Cardinals uniform. And, and this is not personal shots, not that we don't know any of these people personally. So it's nothing like that, mm-hmm. but who are you done? Who, who are you done seeing in a Cardinals uniform? Um, if I'm getting rid of somebody, uh, I'm absolutely done with Bader. I mean, there's, and it's nothing personal against him. I just don't think it's ever going to ever going to come into play. Um, you know, he said he, he said all that. Well, hell, Two years ago, that um, that that he was working on things, and and I don't feel like things have ever ever changed. Um, so I, I, I'm I, I I like the defense, you know. I, I feel like there's a lot of heart heart out there, but and this is nothing against him, but I feel like Wong's that guy that brings the defense without the bat, and I don't think this team can handle. You know, two of those type of players, especially when they go nine one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I'm kind of I'm I'm kind of over it. Um, you know, the approach hasn't been fixed. Yes, everybody gets into a home run, but 
you know, there's only so much that, that can be done until, um, until it's got to be changed. And I just don't know if it's there. And I'm going to throw a number at you. Okay. There okay. were three Cardinals that had an OPS plus over a hundred. Hundreds about league average, right? Three. You have Paul Goldschmidt, one forty-two. You had Brad Miller, one twenty. Guess who number three is? Probably Bader. <laughs> it is. Um, now he had an inflated week there. I don't know if you. I think it was that week he he got benched, then he then they put him back out there. So I think he had a handful of games there that inflated it a little bit, but. Um, he's not my, he, he's, he doesn't top my list off. Um, I'm going to, I'm just going to go straight to the guy. I'm, I'm, I'm done seeing him in a Cardinals uniform and I wish him the best of luck. Seriously. Okay. Anywhere else. That is Tyler O'Neill. I'm done. See, and I, here, here's where I can agree with that. Yeah. I can't agree with that, but especially in the last week or two, he didn't start. So I didn't, the, I mean, the experiments have to be over. Yeah. I mean, you have to get something out there credible enough to get it going. Um, you know, I feel like, I feel like Dex had some, he turned around, you know, he's still, he, he's not hitting. I think what a lot of people anticipate Dexter to do is to go out and hit 30 home runs. And that's what they're wanting because there's so much lack everywhere else. Yeah. Well, when he's your and, best outfielder to end the year, what's that tell you? Right. Yeah. And I mean, he, he's there at least for one more season, you're going to have to deal with it. You know, whatever happens, He's going to be there. So, and then you've got a rookie who's still finding his way. And that third outfield spot, you've got, you know, a guy striking out a ton at the plate. And then your fourth outfield spot is a question mark too. Mm -hmm. And to me, you have to nail it down. You have to have somebody else out there. Um, and I don't know if the, if they're packaged for an arm, if they're packaged for something, but <clears throat> they've got to they've got to to do something there. Yes, yeah, so I now honestly I don't know who you get that I don't I don't know who you get for them. Um they're yeah, they're going to have to be thrown into another deal in some way. Um but yeah, so Tyler O'Neill is probably at the top of my list. I mean, just to read his slash line, you know, he he batted 176 where I just well, lost my place. He, he batted probably... 173, he had a 260 on-base percentage and he slugged 360. That's just that's not, you can't have that in left field. You can't. Well, in that first, what, what was it? The couple weeks where we saw the home runs and we were excited. We're like, this is the guy that we've been absolutely begging for. Yep. And it just, I don't know where it went. Yeah. Oh, I think there was one at bat. It was in the last couple of weeks um, where he just took a strike three. You know, he just, if he doesn't guess the pitch, right. He, he can't, it's nothing. It's, it's a, it's a throwaway pitch, right? He watched a fastball go right over the heart of the plate. Runners in scoring position. It was a game they ended up losing. And at that point, I'm like, I'm done with him. So he's first on my list. I tip my hat to the career he's had in St. Louis, but I, I'm done with Matt Carpenter. Um, he's just He clogs that lineup up constantly, and I can't believe he started in a playoff game. I know he had a couple of hits. Like Don't, don't get me wrong, but um, I'm done with him. Now, Bader, I believe that there still can be a role on the team for it. I don't disagree with any of the points you made. But with him, I don't mind him being a bench outfielder. I don't mind him coming into pinch run. Or I don't mind him coming in as a late defensive replacement. I think there could be that type of role for him. And maybe yeah. he can establish more value doing that because he sure as hell isn't establishing anything being an everyday starter. So uh, those are the three for me offensively. 
that yeah, I'm done Car- seeing. Carpenter's, Carpenter's one that has to go too, and I don't know. I don't know the theory behind keeping to keep throwing him out there constantly. I don't know if it was attempt to get him going. Yeah. I don't know if it was an attempt to um, uh, matchups. I don't know what it was, but to me, the bat has just slowed down so much. He's got a that- cheaty swing, and, and when he cheats his swing and you throw him off speed, he's you know he's going to have a hard time connecting. Well, yeah, and um, I mean, I, I know the last few weeks were probably rough on his stat line, but I don't know why you don't go back to Brad Miller, who was having a, an amazing, what, August yeah, or whatever. Well, pretty and, much and, carried him for about four weeks there. I and, mean, just, and just throw yeah. him out there. I don't know what the I don't know what the thought was behind Carpenter, and yes, he's I think he's had a had an outstanding career in St. Louis, mm-hmm. but the issue is you can't have a bunch of those guys and and pretend you're going to win, and you know I well it's, there's it's just, just too many be- of them yeah there's there's too many of them I think that's that's the point you're making and it starts for those two um, I, I start with those two now Brad Miller I don't know what did they sign him what a, probably a one year deal right yeah I think yeah. it was just one year. So who knows what he'll be next year? Um, if he's a bench bat, I'm okay with that too. So I mean, look, I, I as much as uh, I I don't think they'll do it. I I don't. My my fear is that the Cardinals will come out and say, and by Cardinals I mean you know, the president's going to come out and say, well you know we only had 58 games to look at these guys, so you know we we, we can't make a call one way or the other who we move if we go outside the of the organization for help, and my my fear is we hear that. Um, oh, I don't. I'm. I don't doubt that either. I absolutely believe that's a possibility. And if if that's the case, next year is going to be very difficult for for Cardinal fans. Yeah, it's going to be. I don't know. I mean, I you know, it, it the talk. Uh, if if you believe everything you hear on either a, a podcast or MLB Network Radio or any anything else, any any other place you get your um, baseball info from. Um, you know, there, there might not be a lot of money thrown around this off season, you know, so expecting them to make a lot of big moves or a big move or two, you know, could be unlikely. Now, if that's consensus around baseball and they'll be the, the, the typical handful of teams that have no problem spending money, right. That that'll happen. But you know, um, a team like the Cardinals, probably not, they're probably going to have to stand pat. I think they'll fortify in a couple of areas They'll They'll be very opportunistic if, you know, the, the low hanging fruit thing will 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 be um will will likely to see something a move along that type of line. Um, but I just don't know that they've, you know, look if if I'm the GM and and I I think that nobody around the league's spending right now. Or they're not 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 going to you know look to th- write big checks. I don't know. Maybe I approach this in a little bit differently and I zig while everybody else is zagging and and I go ahead and I and I, and I make a surprise move or two. And because um, this division is, uh, you know, you could really set yourself up to win this division the next two, three, four years in a row if you do the right thing this offseason. Because this is not a good good division. Uh, the Cubs, you know, starting with uh, their um, their their equivalent, Theo Epstein, you know, he looks like he's, he's probably done a year early before his contract ends. So, you know, that team will, will start getting dismantled too. They've got a lot of pieces over there that – they got to figure out what to do with, you know, is Chris Bryant going to be back? Is Kyle Schwarber, is this finally the year that they, they deal a guy like Schwarber, uh, Contreras, his name gets thrown around all the time. 
So they're in a lot of flux too. And you got to look at the Reds and go, you know, the Reds were kind of disappointing. Oh, they, they were very lackluster for what they had. And they're losing Trevor Bauer. So I expected a lot more from them this year. Um, and they were kind of disappointing. Yep. Um, and Braun's going to be gone out of Milwaukee. I I mean, the Central may be a very terrible division next year. Yeah. And, um, well, see, then that could work either way. You could look at that and go, I'm going to make sure, I'm going to secure it, right, and, and make, make, a, make a couple big moves now that we need. Or I could say, well, this division's going to be shit anyway, so um, we'll just be shitty with them, and maybe we'll be less shitty and we'll finish on top. So let me ask you this then. While we're on this topic of – of you know roster moves etc cetera, etc cetera. one piece for possible availability on the market mm-hmm. you can go any position bullpen starter you pick one person or player who do you pick uh, one player i tell you um i i look to see what i can do to get uh francisco lindor out of cleveland and I as as much as solid as DeYoung is at at shortstop, I move him over to third base, and mm-hmm. now I've just solved my third base problem. Um, I've got a game changing, huge talent in uh, Francisco Lindor at short, and I could probably buy one more year of this outfield. But I think it'll be an upgrade simply by Dylan Carlson playing a full year, having mm-hmm. major league experience under his belt. Uh, I think that's that's the one move there that could be made that could make a huge difference. I think you bring in a player like that and he has the ability to kind of change the whole structure of the lineup. So if there's one thing I do, it's that one. The other one too is, um, yeah, I've got a lot of, I've got a, the only thing the Cardinals are certain about in their rotations, they have a lot of options. They don't know what they're going to get out of a lot of those options. So I, if I don't do that, I see what it takes to get Trevor Bauer. What about yeah. you? I mean, I think, I mean, that's, I, I feel like if you, I feel like you have to at least attempt for, um, you know, your Arenado, your Lindor, um, and, and somebody in, in pitching wise to, uh, you have to get a bat, bat at this point in time. You mm-hmm. absolutely have to. I don't think you're not going to come out of spring training knowing that these guys are going to swing the bat better. And I think one of the big things coming into this year, if I'm not mistaken, Mazalek made a comment that, you know, this is where Carpenter's going to have to prove it to us. Uh, I, I could be way off, but I, I swear I remember hearing that somewhere mm. where he said, hey, you know, he needs to show us that he can, he still got it. Um, but I mean, you have to get a bat, whether that fills the DH because like we've discussed this whole time is, is there's so many weak links in this lineup to where it doesn't send it all the way through. Um, and you, yeah, you can get a hit here. You can get a hit there, but if they're scattered throughout a lineup, you're not going to get runs across. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, if you can spend a little bit of money, even on one year deals to, till you get a lot of money freed up in a couple of years, then you need to make a splash or two. And if, even if you get Lindor on a one-year deal and you're trading off, you know, a few people, um, then you, you have to do it or, or Arenado, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and is, I, I don't know about Nolan Arenado. Not, and the reason I say that is because he's still owe that guy $200 million. Right. And he's uh-huh. got years beyond this one. And you know, it is kind of, he didn't have the greatest year by the way. Um, you know, when you take him 
completely out of course field, what does it look like? He was a 1.4 war player this year in the, in the shortened season. You know, 300 on base percentage. Playing half your games in Colorado is not good. Uh, slugging percentage was down. Now these are all well below his career averages. So I mean, I'm not going to over, I'm not going to overanalyze this at all. It's probably the the Nolan Arenado we saw this year is probably not the one that's going to be around the next five years. It's probably going to be a little bit better version. But um, Lindor's got less of a commitment now. Does Cleveland have the motivation to move a guy like that? They're still a good team, and um, you know, do the Cardinals even have what it would take? And so that's that's where I go. Oh, now reality's starting to check me. Well, check me. So I start right? I start looking at the aspect of, um, I think they'll definitely listen on offers on him, especially his comment that he made at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. But you have to look at it in the sense of, well, we can either keep him around and try to, and possibly not have anything to back it up, or we can make a trade and at least have some controllable pieces if he does not sign again yeah yeah i mean the the one thing is uh arenado probably calls uh, would would likely cost you less in prospects because you'd have to you know absorb if not the whole contract a, a huge portion of it right so the more money you eat on that the less you're you you may have to give up so that could be one way to look at it um you know that would be an instant fix to third base uh you just hope you get you know i take 80 percent of what his production was on a good year in Colorado and I think you get a pretty good good deal so um there isn't one magic move though and and look there there, there are 28 other teams outside of uh you know Cleveland and St. Louis or uh St. Louis and Colorado that what do they have to offer and do they have a similar need and you got to compete with all that too so so I mean <laughs> I mean we could we could talk about moves all day long but I mean do you do you take a look at a guy like Chris Bryant I think you do now. Now that's interesting. Well, one, you know, the Cubs would have to be willing to deal with in division. I'm not sure that they're opposed to that. You know, there are some teams that just simply won't do it. You know, for the longest time, um, you know, uh, who was it? Uh, the owner for Baltimore forgot his name, but he was not going to trade Machado in division. You know, he wasn't going to do that. Certain teams are like that. Um, I don't know if Chicago is or is not, and it's going to be post Theo era here sometime soon. And and sounds like maybe Jed Hoyer, it's his time to step in as, as uh, and fill that role. Does he really want to deal Bryant to St. Louis? You know, that guy's, he has dealt with injury over the last two years. So he he hasn't looked great. Um, He certainly hasn't looked like the MVP that we saw in 2016 or the player in 2017 or 18. Um, I would love to take a shot at Chris Bryant. I think it's going to cost the Cardinals more than it would cost, say uh, an AL West team or an NL West team. I think it's, it's in division. It might cost them a little bit more, but yeah, I'd love to see that guy at third base. So here, here's a name. Here's a name on the free agent list for 2021. That may be a good look. And it would, it would definitely be a St. Louis move because it's not a star, but uh, Marcus Simeon. Oh, so, okay. Okay. I was gonna say there's a third. I was looking at the list of third basements here and I'm seeing uh, DJ, DJ LeMahieu. Yeah, I, I, he, you know, he didn't really start hitting. I, I mean, a lot until he went to New York. Well, what about and Tommy Lastella? There's another one. Well, uh, he's he's kind of a rover, I feel, and I, I'm not sure about all that. I mean, there's just you know the list goes on, and the thing is, you don't want to get into middle aged guys because then we're just doing the same thing we've been doing. And there's not a lot of youth at the list. I'm no, looking at. there's not. And, there's a. Joe Panic might be the the youngest one, and he's he's thirty. Everybody else is on the wrong side of it. Hey, you could bring Uncle Jed back. Oh gosh, tried I, that already well, though, right? 
I love Jed, but I don't know. <laughs> I like Jed when he was uh, he was on the bench and he would come in and he would he would provide um, provide every once in a while. But when he was overexposed, being out there every day, that's the Jed Jerko that you don't want. Um, I don't know. There there are not a lot of names that are popping off this list, so I think it's it's likely who can you get in a deal and do you have enough at this point to even deal? Because you can't look and go, well, we could just package Bader, Fowler, and O'Neal. I don't think that package is going to get you a whole hell of a lot. No, no. <laughs> so, um, you know, I don't know how, how many years is, uh, is uh, Nolan Gorman away, right? There's another question. So do you really want to take a – well, and, and maybe Gorman doesn't end up a third baseman, but, you know, do you really want a long-term acquisition like an Arenado when you've got somebody in the pipeline? Well, and that's what sucks about this whole season with uh, the inability to see these guys play live games mm-hmm. is you don't know – how that 2020 um, season could have affected them. Um, And, you know, but then again, at the same time, with a lot of instruction um, daily, essentially, you know, a lot of his alleged defensive uh, issues that he was having could have, could have been fixed this year. Um, Now this is very selfish of me, but I, I mean, he does need at least a year or two down in the minors. And I'd like to see him in Springfield for a while, just so I can, have somebody to go, go watch on a consistent basis. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, that is another factor, you know, how long until he's ready. Um, but that's why I feel like you sign a guy like, like, uh, Marcus Simeon on a maybe two, three year deal, um, moved to young to third base. And I I don't, I don't, I can, I can make up scenarios all day long and none of them come into play. So, yeah, well, this is the this is the hard part. It's uh, and who knows how the tone is going to be set for this off season. Uh, you know, no, nobody knows. There's there are teams that, you know, they're they're in a worse off financial position than they ever have been. A lot of them are, and um, you know, they, they are, uh, you know, organizations that are going to be like Pittsburgh and and Oakland and and Kansas City. You know, they're just not going to be a position where they're going to want to deal away young cost controlled talent for anything right now. So, you know, you got to look at it that way too. And uh, I don't know where the Cardinals sit and all that. They'll tell you one thing, but we don't know really the reality of, of how they view themselves, Uh, at least financially. They're going to tell us they, they don't have much room. Um, But who knows? Who knows? Uh, All I know is I don't want to hear. I I want the outfield experiment to be over and I want them to get that settled. Um, Figure out what they're going to do with the staff. I think there are plenty of options for the bullpen. We just need to get some guys healthy and I think the bullpen is going to be fine. Um, you know, it's, yeah, I think I think the loss of Hicks and Brebbia this year was was very tough on the team because you got to think if you could have gone to Hicks and shoot half half of the games, you know, they would have turned out differently. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, that's true because you got a revolving door closers out there. You know, Kem started off a year in that position. You know, we barely see, saw Carlos there. So that's what's odd to me. Like I remember in the the O days, like the guy had the stuff. But Matheny kept pushing Rosenthal out there. And I'm like, this guy's going to be the closer. Just do it now. And, you know, mm-hmm. I, KK should have been in the rotation to begin with, but they tried another experiment, and, you know, they were finally forced to to do it. And uh, we got half a season of him, too. So it wasn't really – Yeah, we didn't really get to see a lot. He didn't get to pitch deep or uh, – Well, the newness of him will still be effective next year to most – Oh, absolutely. Because hell, be... two-thirds – the league haven't seen him yeah yeah so you'll have your games against the east and the west and you'll have your um interleague i don't know who they i don't know who they have up on on 
on their palette next year. I don't know what division we play interleague. It's the Central year. again. <laughs> Is it the Central? Oh well, that doesn't really give you much of an advantage. I don't know how many of the, how many of those teams actually faced Ken, but at least he'll be he'll be half mysterious, hopefully for next year. So um, that's that's a good thing. And you know, it, the, the, not to end it by bashing uh, on this team. That's not what we did today. But you know, I will say that you know if if they weren't a good or a, a, a solid organization as far as pitching development goes, they wouldn't have been able to weather the storm this year. So a lot of credit to them for having arms available and that could, that could hold the, hold down the fort. Cause man, if some of these injuries would have happened to other organizations, they would have been wrecked. Oh, they would be collapsed. Yep. So, uh, I got to give credit where it's due now, uh, fix that offense and, uh, make us, make us happy again. I want to be playing baseball later into October next year. Oh yeah. And I mean, the uncertainty going into the year had a lot of question marks, which probably, you know, had that question up for a lot of teams, not just necessarily St. Louis, but you know, I don't, I don't fault. I can't fault Mosellock for not making a move come August 31st when you could potentially have a bat for 30 days. I, 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 I took a step back from a fan and looked at it from a financial standpoint and a team standpoint. It just, it didn't, it didn't add up to even make a move for one month of a season that, Really didn't have many people into it. Was it? Yeah, I mean, what the biggest move was really? I mean, you know, Clevenger got moved, um, mm-hmm. but I, I think San Diego has a hold of him for for a little longer, right? It wasn't just a, a rental. Um, yeah, and and same with Marte. You know, he moved from Arizona to to Miami, but I believe they've got him under control. I think for another year um, at least. So, you know, those those weren't rental moves. Those are the two biggest I can think of. Maybe there were a handful of others, but really there weren't a lot of those uh, thirty day rents. So I, I'm kind of with you on that one. Um, you know, I, I one I, I I don't know that there was one move offensively that we're really going to make that was really going to move the needle. Um, and uh, boy, it'd have been nice to see Marte out in the outfield, though. I, I will I will say that. Um, yeah. But I, I I think it would have taken a couple of those, man. And I just don't know that it was. That could have happened this year, and you know, with you think about it, they didn't even have the thirty games in like most other teams did. You know, they only had like what they were still in the teens at that point, almost. So, they they had it they had it tough. They did have yeah. they did have a rough road, and it, it couldn't have been easy by any means. Yep. All right, man. Well, we got I got to run, and uh, it was it was great to have you on uh, this show. I think it's first your first visit on this show. Sometimes I, I lose track of where I've had you. Um, but uh, tell everybody out there what your new handle is, and where they can find you. The new updated one for now is Dylan underscore Dinger. Okay, very good. Uh, you can find me at tr underscore Ron seven five out there on Twitter. Uh, this podcast will be released through the team of rivals and in the, the cards over there on In the Zone Network, so you can find it on your podcast app. Just look for Team of Rivals in the Cards or In the Zone Network, and you'll you'll find me there. All right, everyone. Well, uh, I think we'll probably be back on for another episode of In the Cards as we get closer to uh, the baseball winter meetings. Until then, we love you all so much, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye, everyone. Yeah.